Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Headlines declare the worst refugee crisis since World War II. Over 6 million Ukrainians have now fled the country. And while all this is happening on the other side of the world, how do we avoid from becoming numb to it all and make sure we can make a difference for individuals and families? Let's begin. Think you know the news of the day? Think again. While the crisis is in a distant place for many of us, it's easy to get numb. It's easy to just look at those ma- massive numbers uh, and just not think we can do anything at all. But one Utah is closer than ever and showing that you can make a difference. David Levitt, of course, is the Utah County attorney, and uh, he joins us from inside Ukraine where he's proving uh, you actually can make a difference if you're determined. David, thanks for joining us today. Boy, it's nice to be on the show today. How are you? Doing well. Uh, Give us an update. Tell us what you're doing inside of Ukraine and uh, how this all came about. Well, Shalom and I are in Ukraine with uh, uh, an anonymous Utah couple who who called us on the telephone uh, three or four weeks ago and and simply said, uh, we have to do something to help the refugees in Ukraine. And they have uh, certainly enough means to be able to help, and they uh, they asked us to put together a program wherein uh, they could support 500 Ukrainian fa- refugee families financially for one year. And so we are um, in uh, Ukraine uh, in in different refugee uh, uh, camps or settlements. Uh, meeting with them and and identifying families that that need help, and I'll tell you, it's a it's a um, it's a sobering experience. Yeah, and as uh, as you do that, uh, give us a little bit of what you're seeing and what you're hearing. We we've heard that so many of these families that are fleeing are are being stopped over and over and over at Russian checkpoints. Uh, we know of some of the atrocities there. What what's the sense there on the ground? What are you hearing? Well, it's one thing to read about it in the newspaper or see it on the Internet. It's another thing to look into their eyes and see their pain. Uh, I just left. I just left. A, it's 10, 10 p.m. here in Ukraine, and we just left a, a, a lengthy program with refugees. One one young woman, she couldn't be 22 or 23 years old, and she has a, a couple of small children, and her husband is is one of the fighters uh, in the basement of the Azov steel plant in Mariupol, uh, mm. largely doomed to die. And um, this morning in another refugee center, there was a a, a woman near, nearing 90 that um, had to flee her home so quickly she couldn't she couldn't get her dentures, and um, yeah. uh, and and she had to be. And the Russians wouldn't let her take the wheelchair, so they had to 
drag her through the streets and then through the river, uh, crossing Irpin uh, to, to, to escape the Russians. I mean, this is, this is um, at the same time that we um, see these senseless acts of barbarism, uh, you see just amazing acts of love and humanity and compassion. Um, you know, much of, much of the, um, much of the devastation comes from around the Kiev area, and then in the east and in the the southeast. And and as they flee, they flee to Western Ukraine, to small villages where uh, Western Ukrainians um, open, uh, welcome them with with open arms and resources. And you know, you have mayors of villages of four and five thousand people who certainly didn't get elected. Uh, on a platform of how you deal with the refugee crisis. And, and suddenly they have 20,000 refugees that they have mm. to find shelter and home and school for. I mean, it's, it's really, um, I've seen some of the, some of the greatest acts of kindness uh, amidst some of the greatest acts of barbarism uh, imaginable. Uh, and it is, it's that indomitable human spirit. Uh, and, and not just to survive yourself, but to, to help somebody in need. And tell us a little bit about the, the process. Obviously, this Utah couple that uh, will remain anonymous. Uh, it's so significant uh, in terms of choosing these 500 families and then being able to support them for a year. Uh, that's an important thing in terms of the uh, immigration component to this, in terms of actually coming to the U.S. Tell us about that. Well, most of these families, um, 95% of the Ukrainian displaced population want to return to Ukraine. Mm. And, and, and that's what makes Ukrainians so unique is that, is that they're, they, you know, they, they're willing, because they're willing to die for their homeland, they want to return to their homeland. And, and so this very much is... Uh, not only a humanitarian mission to help people with immediate needs, it's also a fact-finding mission to, uh, so that we can understand long-term how we build, how we rebuild, how we, as Americans we can help to rebuild uh, Ukraine and in, in, and in so doing maybe rediscover some of our own obligations to our own freedoms. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, you know, the process is 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 a difficult one. I mean, there are millions of refugees, and we and we are looking to support 500 people. And um, uh, you know, and so it's a it's a drop in it's a drop in the bucket. But but we we have Shalom and I have worked with the Levitt Institute in Ukraine for uh, almost almost well for 18 years. So we have a, a very good network of people who who are helping us identify them. And, and 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 we're working with local banks in in, in Utah. Uh, Zion's Bank has been uh, absolutely tremendous in 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 clearing bureaucratic hurdles so that we can fill debit cards with with um, a, a monthly stipend for these people so we can uh, keep them supported. And U- Utah Community Credit Union has been tremendous in providing visa. Gift card, not 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 paying for them, but helping us go through the the process so that we can deliver uh, credit cards because it's it's a it's a logistical it's a real logistical feat to to try to accomplish, but it's it's working. Yeah, and I, and I, I will say I will say, Boyd, if I can. Yeah, I mean, everyone 
you, you don't have to come to Ukraine to help Ukrainians. Uh, when we had 500 Visa gift cards that this couple um, uh, provided for immediate relief for these refugees, but every one of those 500 Visa cards have to be activated on the internet, right? And mm-hmm. and so the night before the night before we left for uh, for Ukraine. 20 or 25 of uh, our neighbors in Orem gathered at our home and, and, and all spent a couple of hours activating visa cards. And, and you know, it's a, it, it may seem like a small thing, but it, it yeah, out of very small things come real, real uh, actions of, of significance. Yeah, <clears throat> and I so appreciate you raising that, David, because uh, there are so many who feel like I can't do anything, I, I can't hop on a plane, I can't, I can't go sponsor a family for a year. Uh, but there are so many things that we can do, in, including just helping our own neighbors in need. Uh, I think to to your point that uh, part of I think what's happening with Ukraine is that we are rediscovering a little bit of uh, of ourselves and a little bit of our own uh, desires to promote freedom and to help neighbor in need and and to do those things that were so crucial to America's founding. Uh, I think there's a little bit of an awakening going on uh, in terms of some of those stirrings that I think stir people. Uh, who are searching for freedom everywhere. Um, As you look at kind of what comes next in terms of that, uh, how do you see it on the ground there? And and are there other things that individuals here in Utah should be thinking about doing or or ways to engage uh, in a significant way? Well, you know, your point is well taken, Boyd. And and, and I think the point that you're making is that, that, that freedom isn't, it isn't isn't a, a commodity that 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 only affects one geographic border. In America, we're losing our freedoms because because of our apathy. In 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 Ukraine, uh, they are being they are being uh, attacked by a foreign invader and and losing their you know, threatening to lose their freedoms because of a foreign invader. In the United States, we're losing our freedoms and we're doing it to ourselves. And, and we don't have so much a fight against good and evil as we have a fight against good and indifference. And, you know, in my in my day job as the Utah County Attorney, I see that on a daily basis because we we uh, have forgotten key principles of 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 criminal justice. We've forgotten that uh, it, it's the, the while the violent and the dangerous all need to be in prison. So much of what we do needs to be about helping people uh, to make our community stronger. And I mean, you know, this isn't a segment on criminal justice reform, but what pe- what can people do to help Ukraine? Uh, what they can do to help Ukraine is build America mm-hmm. by remembering what our obligations are in America. Uh, fantastic. Uh, David Lovett, we appreciate you carving out some time. I know it is very late uh, there inside of Ukraine. Uh, we appreciate you being part of that effort and giving us a, an update and a great challenge. Uh, it is not uh, just good versus evil. Good versus indifference uh, will really tell the tale, uh, I think, at the end of the day. And, uh, David, thanks for your work over there um, for the, the many lives that are being impacted. Uh, and, again, all because a, a Utah couple said we can do something, so let's do what we can do. And I think that's the challenge for all of us. Thanks, Boyd. All right, again, that's uh, David Levitt joining us from inside of Ukraine. Uh, it's an important story. Uh, it's the best of America's story. Uh, and I think uh, David was absolutely right uh, in terms of what this is really all about and helping us, uh, again, 
Good versus evil, I think we all get that. Good versus indifferent uh, is a tough battle, and it's very easy to be indifferent in today's world. And uh, David Levitt, an anonymous Utah couple, and many others are proving that the best way to overcome indifference is just to go out and do some good. Think again with Lloyd Matheson on KSL News Radio. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.